advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. everyone. So remember last time we did not record an email section. We also didn't record an intro section for this particular episode, episode 314. Uh, in this episode, uh, there's a couple of stories. And then we talk to Andrew Torres and Thomas Smith of the Opening Arguments podcast. Uh, we uh, we wound up recording so late that night that we wound up skipping out on the email section, actually forgetting about the email section. And since we didn't know if we were going to have enough uh, tape, we actually didn't record an intro section. So this is it. Uh, we hope you enjoy the show. This is uh, this is the two stories and uh, and uh, Thomas Smith and Andrew Torres. Any one of you lily livered, bow legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the west. I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. I'm the. Cecil, I love this story. This is also from Right Wing Watch. Uh, Stuart Rhodes urges real men to go armed to church to fight ISIS. Because we all know ISIS is in our churches. Remember that time ISIS attacked a church? Never. You remember that time, Cecil? Why do you? Why are you? Why are you rubbing your eyes? Why are you over there rubbing your eyes with that exhausted, exasperated sort of expression that says, "What the actual fuck is wrong with the world?" I just. I just some days I come in and I think, am I going to read a story like this <laughs> every, every week, buddy? Every single week. Do you know how it is not hard to find these I'll stories, man? What. I'll tell you what. He has he has four points. Oh, I've got to go through them all. These are so, great. Go armed to church. Tom, what does he say about that? You must all be armed <laughs> since you can't reason with a jihadist. You can't negotiate with him. The only way to change his mind is with a bullet. I recommend a reliable semi-automatic high-capacity handgun <laughs> of at least <laughs> nine millimeters for that task, huh. such as a Glock or Smith and Wesson M&P, huh. with at least one spare, or at least one magazine. spare magazine. Forty bullets. I think you need at least forty. You know what? You need that because when you're negotiating and changing his mind with bullets, sure, you might get the argument might go. Come late. on now, negotiate is in quotes. it is in quotes. He is basically is saying when you shoot this person dead, right. I am saying that. Well, I'm using the code word negotiate here (laughs) for shooting someone dead. He also says carry a backup gun and a no-nonsense fixed blade knife. What, are you going to go in there with a buck knife? I I don't. For real? That ain't a knife. This is a knife. Are you going to skin him afterwards? (laughs) What, What, are you going to drain the blood before the adrenaline leaks in or something? What the fuck do you have to do? You're in church and you're like bristling with weapons. So he says, this is great. As a backup, carried, so you have a backup gun and you have a, you have a knife carried within easy reach of Actually, both of your hands. You can't do that in the United in, in, in Illinois, by the way. What he says, carry a backup gun and a fixed blade knife. Neither of those is legal. You no. can't like we looked at a thing and essentially we can conceal carry pistols, but you can only carry one pistol. You can't carry multiple pistols, and most things that are non lethal and or uh, not bladed weapons are illegal to carry anyway. Right. But he says. 
He says in this, you got to keep it up front near your belt buckle. Oh, he says a fixed blade is superior to a folder and provides a surer draw and deployment under stress. Grab and stab. Where do you go to church? I know. It seems so dangerous. Can't you just throw rattlesnakes at them? Don't they? Like, yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> just, Don't you already have like a venomous snake you can throw at them? So, okay. This is awesome. Number three is my favorite. <laughs> this is the best. Number three is have a couple shotguns. At least. <laughs> At least. It says at least. least. You want a couple at least. That's the minimum. That means two shotguns is your minimum number of shotguns. You and I have shot several shotguns in our lives. How many shotguns do you think you could easily fire at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Reliably. One is the answer no matter how you phrase it. We've tried to hip shot in the past. Do you remember when we tried to hip shot and how terrible that is and how it just doesn't work? It's just retarded. Yeah, and I have shot a shotgun back when I was dumber, one arm. I've held a shotgun with one arm, and you shoot it. It's really a stupid thing to do. You can't control the weapon at all. Two of them? Yeah. Dude, what are you, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, that ain't a gun. This is a gun. Like, what are you <laughs> kidding are my me? Guns. <laughs> I am holding my guns with my guns. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. It says they're supposed to be hidden within the church, but within easy reach of members of the security team and make sure they're well-trained in how to use them. Again, what is happening in your churches? Jesus, number four is wear soft body armor under your suit. Come on, everybody here who's reading this is soft. <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> Basically saying wear soft armor to, to deflect any of your uh, – any any bullets when they come in with AK-47s in your fucking random little rural church. Right, because that's where this would happen, right? right? That's a, Nobody in a, in a church where, well, where people get an education would I, follow these rules. I guarantee if you go to, say, um, Holy Name in Chicago, there's yeah. a sign on the it says no guns uh all competent adults in the congregation should be armed jesus christ how many guns do you need in there all the guns and can you imagine what would happen if like there was one misfire or something and then i all pull out and just start shooting, shooting each everyone. other <laughs> it's like, boo, boo, boo. It's like there know, was a firefight exactly. no kidding right <laughs> i don't i don't understand uh the level of alarm that many people who conceal carry and or talk about this stuff uh it's so paranoid they, they are they are under the illusion that we are so in danger at any moment and and they are also under the illusion that all of them are dirty hairy yeah, right exactly like, like they're all going to be fine they, they, yeah. they've got they've got two paranoid like they have a paranoid delusion and they've got a fucking wet dream fantasy the paranoid delusion is that we're constantly under actual threat on a daily basis on an individualized level yeah. from terrorists, right? And that's just not the case. It's just not. You're more likely to get fucking stung by bees and eaten by sharks at the same time than yeah, you no are kidding. you know, <laughs> going to be killed by a terrorist in America. And then you know they also think that like, oh, they're, they're all going to have their fucking shitty fucking handgun and they're going to be the one who saves the day. They're all save the day guys. Yeah. The, the Bible says they're going to eat their arms. The Bible says they're going to eat their babies. Then it says they're going to eat their children. That's what people do when they get hungry. Sister, this is Jim Baker. Uh, People are trying to kill me (laughs) for believing the Bible. Cecil, why are you? Shaking your head. Because <laughs> look, Jim Baker's a hundred years old. For like real Jim, he would be super easy to kill. <laughs> That's the thing. Like you don't have to try to kill Jim Baker. He just yeah. sort of like, like 
Light a fucking bottle yeah. rocket in the general vicinity. I'll have a fucking heart attack. It's not the most dangerous game. He's like the barely active game. <laughs> He's like, it's like when they like release the pigeon right next to you and you just blow it right out of the sky. Just like, yeah, it really uh, wasn't all that, that fun. Was easy. Do you remember the fucking people that were taking the, when we went hunting that one time <laughs> and they had buckets full of doves and they just sat on the bottom and they were throwing buckets of doves off the thing and they were just blowing them out of the sky, repeatedly shooting as a fucking rain of falling doves falls What do they the call it? Like a tower shoot? I don't even know. It's called like a tower shoot. It's called shoot. an asshole shoot is what it's, it's called. Just, it's a, they should do that with crows because it'd be a murder of crows. Uh, <laughs> it certainly would be. They're just sitting underneath the fucking thing just shooting blowing them up. It was just mean. I think you should do that with pork. I was going to say, can you imagine? I was just about to say, can you imagine that with any other animal? It just got like a bucket of raccoons. <laughs> I some, think that is a growth of raccoons, actually. A bucket of raccoons. If you disagree today with somebody who disagrees with the Bible and you... Wait. If I disagree with somebody that disagrees with the, with Bible. the Bible... Right. So basically you're saying I love the Bible. Okay. It's a double negative. Why did he do that? <laughs> like, my brain shuts down as soon as I hear that shit. You speak, but they have an agenda... And if you won't stop, they are going to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Again, sometimes right wing watch does not nail it. They, right. their, their, their quotes this up time, here. Their quotes up here. Mm, sometimes really far off. This one, pretty much pretty what he spot said. on. Yeah. They could have actually made it even worse than what they did. <laughs> do you understand this? You understand? I this. do. I've had death threats. From what? what? Nobody would threaten. Nobody knows who you are. What are they going to say? Eddie Munster, I'm coming after you? What do they say? We have never lived in a day of our time, in our history of America, where you couldn't have an opposite opinion. Now, they're determined to wipe out all of those who disagree with them. I mean, that, to me, is a hideous. It's a hideous. It is a hideous. It is a hideous. Look, it's 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 the singular of hideous. Hey, can you bring me that hideous over there? It's not hideous. It's hideous. Thank you very much. Again, is it something you can have a bucket of? Like, can you get a Jim Baker slop bucket of hideous? Oh, wait, that's every one of Jim Baker's slop buckets. (laughs) And just like I was talking about, protesting is one thing if you if you do it quietly and you're going to say, I hold up a sign and say, I don't agree with you. Why do I have to be quiet? I can fucking protest as loudly as I'd like. Thank you very much. Why do I have to be quiet about my protest? Well, because it, it upsets him. It bothers him. It bothers him. It's you're interrupting four o'clock likes. bedtime. Yeah, exactly. right? You're interrupting Matt Locke. <laughs> he's going to choke fucking, on his Werther's yeah. originals. Werther's <laughs> <laughs> originals. His fucking, his plastic wife is behind him, beating on his stomach, trying to Heimlich the thing out of there. Killing you. Yeah. And that's what they're calling for now. They're calling for death. And the death is terrorism. The death is to scare you so you will step back into the shadows. Right. But this is police officers. What right. they're showing on the screen right now is is three police officers fatally shot in Baton Rouge, dead suspect identified, something else was like... Yeah, it's like it's black people they, calling for... Yeah. yeah, but it has nothing to do with... Just like I disagree with you, so I'm going to go kill a Christian. That's not like it's like has nothing to do with it. It is literally no thing to do with that. There is 
no correlation whatsoever. I want to talk real quick about um, about that sort of what they're what they're they're doing. What I think a, we get a lot of messages about this about Black Lives Matter about sort of those things. A lot of people think that um, think that our position on Black Lives Matter is the wrong position. They think that um, that what Black Lives Matter is is a uh, a radical organization that is out to. Uh, to injure and damage and really just cause mayhem and there's no uh, there's no sort of beneficent goal behind what they're doing. What they are trying to do is damage other people and especially damage white people. That's what their goal is really to do. And uh, and damage police officers. It's another thing that they've they've sort of they, they've they've said that they've gone out to call after. And it's funny that we'll get messages all the time when people will be like, "You're deluded. How deluded can you be about this sort of yeah, thing? I've How deluded can you be and yeah. stuff?" And uh, and and what they're allowed to do is pick and choose out of these enormous protests. I mean, these protests are huge that they're having, where they're having you know, yeah, hundreds, sometimes yeah, ten, thousands, tens of, people. Of, ten, yeah. thousands, thousands of people. Of people are marching sometimes yeah. probably closer to you know like into the thousands we're talking thousands yeah. of people mm-hmm. are marching and then they'll record one or two people saying something you'll get your recording of it and they're allowed to paint the entire organization even With though that the, brush, even right. though the organization has come out and said we're not i mean now i know that there are some people in black lives matter who have said you know that they are for you know, hurting other people they're for violence and i think that that, that that's that's detestable. It's abhorrent, that's right? detestable it's abhorrent, right but when people are just protesting, and I don't care if you protest fucking uh, inconveniences someone, like fucking, that's what a protest is. <laughs> like I, like everybody just has this idea that what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to protest, but we're supposed to do it over there, and we're supposed to be real, real nice about it. Yeah, go it. into the protest zone Guys, and, and, and sit yeah, quietly and hand yeah. out lemonade. That's not how protests. Work. Well, and what I, 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 a friend of mine posted on Facebook recently he said. They've been do, they've been very good about this sort of thing for many years, and it hasn't helped them. Right, like being good about protests and sort of you know following all the rules about protesting hasn't done anything for them yet. So if if that's not and it hasn't convinced us to do anything about it either. Right, as allies of the and cause, that's generally. the thing right. is yeah. we could say we're allies all day, but once you start inconveniencing us, now maybe it starts really making us pay attention. Right. That's why when people flip their shit over, like, oh my god, I can't believe they fucking shut down a freeway. It's like, well, I don't think that those people don't deserve to get arrested. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, fucking, you did that. Yeah, absolutely, you should get arrested. But to to say like like it just feels like what are you gonna do? Shoot them? Like and what are you saying? Right. Well, and there there is. There is in this country a wonderful uh, tradition of civil disobedience that is part of our – I mean it's really woven into our culture of protest, yeah, yeah. right? One of the great and one, – one of the great things about being a, a citizen in this country is that we have the right to protest. We have the right to assemble. We have the right to raise our voices alone and in solidarity with others to speak about the causes that you know we're passionate about. And, you know, if we're going to go out and we're going to block the fucking freeway, that's a relatively minor – yeah, they're, they're going to come out and they're going to arrest you and they're going to process you and they're going to let you go. It's a symbolic gesture. The whole thing is symbolic. And there's a world of difference between doing something like that and, you know, uh, burning something or hurting somebody or killing somebody, right? And But they, they, this, this, the, the backlash attempts to draw, you know – uh, all illegal activity is one and the same, right? All, all illegal activity is illegal, and we can just say it's it's bad. 
and we should stop doing it. And and you know, there's no there's no merit in civil disobedience. There's no merit in you know protests that inconvenience and shut down you know minor infrastructure, you know, things along those lines where nothing is really damaged. What they want to do is do a one to one comparison. You know, yeah. to put a big equal sign where things are not in fact equal, sure. and ignore the context of the situation. And that's that's absurd. It's just absurd. And, and what is amazing too, and this the Colin Kaepernick. Have you heard of this story? No. So Colin Kaepernick is a a, a quarterback for was like he's like a second string quarterback now for the Forty ers He didn't stand during the national anthem, so they had the national anthem. Didn't stand during it. The reporters immediately after the thing came up to him, "Why didn't you stand?" And he said, "Well, I, I don't think that the way people are being treated in this country merits me standing." Now, clearly, I am. Paraphrasing what right. he said, but he essentially said that. Like, I, I feel like there's so much oppression happening that I feel like it, it would be hypocrisy to stand, essentially. And uh, and everybody's giving him shit about it. I fought and died for your, your your ability to fucking, you know, people have fought and died for your ability to, to, to not stand during that thing and how dare you, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. They're going on and on and on. And I saw a tweet that was perfect. And it was, you know, essentially, hey, black people, why don't you protest uh, you know, quietly. And then Colin Kaepernick doesn't do anything except for not stand for the thing. It's like, well, not like that. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, like, right. And, and that's exactly it, right? It's this idea that no matter what people do, if they are protesting, they are abhorrent. Almost definitionally, Cecil, all protests come from a minority class, right? Right. So what is a minority class supposed to do? Get the permission from the majority and say, hey, guys, how would you like me to engage this protest for you? You know, I, I am protesting basically you. Will you tell me how, when, where, and, 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 exactly, and why right? yeah. I Exactly, right? Is there any way that, it's yeah. Fucking, it's an absurd concept. Is there concept. anything I can fill out in triplicate? Right. Oh, you, yeah. You, oh, I guess you guys don't like the way that I don't like you? Tell me how I should not like you differently. Yeah. That's a fucking retarded thing to say. Yeah, but there's a, I, I, there's a lot of pushback from this, and people really don't like that uh, that we are open to the idea that people should protest when there's some pretty, uh, you know, some, some stuff that's happening in the, in the black community that is... You know, I mean, it's 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 evident now. Do I think that it's? Um, I think we've talked about on the on the show a couple of times that you know maybe the killings aren't racist; they're just gun motivated. You know what I mean? Possibly. Like that, there's a good possibility. Possibly, but the percentages of people dying based on that is based on a uh, on an algorithm that is heavily swayed towards black people based on racial profiling. So when they die in in greater numbers, greater percentages, not greater numbers, right. but greater percentages, they die in those greater percentages because they are more likely to be pulled over than I am right. and more likely to have an escalation than I am. And, you know, there, there was actually I'll, – I'll plug it for him. Um, atheistically speaking, Thomas had a really great show yeah, yeah. Uh, recently. Actually, two of them. Um, it it stretched across those. two yeah, shows. Two shows. Um, he had two really great shows where he had um, a couple of different uh, people who had – very different views on Black Lives Matter. Um, I would encourage you guys to check it out. I think they did a yeah. really nice job yeah. of moderating that conversation. Yeah. Want to contact the guys? Go to dissonancepod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash dissonance pod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage 
and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per-episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big, heartfelt glory hold to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So we are joined by uh, both of the hosts of the Opening Arguments podcast, uh, Thomas, who does a myriad of other podcasts, and Andrew Torres. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us on. Thank you so much for having us on. So uh, we sent you guys some David Icke to read. Did you read the Icke that we sent? <laughs> um, well, after I went on your show last, I couldn't put it down. I just had to get to the ending of that thing. Uh, <laughs> it is a scintillating read. So we will be getting into, actually, we'll be tangenting. In tan- tangenting, is that a I word? I feel like we Did can tangent. Sure. Did I just make that up? We can verb tangent. Tangenting. Like tangenting. Yeah. We're going to be moving on into some of that later on. But we want to talk a little bit about your podcast. Podcast. Uh, it's brand new, and Thomas, you have uh, you have been uh, a, a podcasting uh, sort of. Uh, yeah, not, man. I, I, I was gonna say, I, yeah, I was gonna say, like overworked, <laughs> underpaid podcaster for a very long time. Well, you've you've got now four podcasts. I seriously have no idea yes. how you know have time for all that stuff. Well, and opening I arguments, don't. which is brand new, already has like five fucking episodes. <laughs> Nice try. Try nine. (laughs) What are you fucking kidding me? He only listened to two of them. You just started the podcast 20 minutes ago. How is that even possible? (laughs) Hard work. Elbow grease. Jesus. Yeah, uh, we we wanted to launch with a few, uh, you know, so we stored them up for a little bit. And then we, you know. You like storming your cheeks? Acorns or (laughs) tucking them in a tree? Just got like a tree full. That is the only way it makes sense is Thomas just has a tree full of podcasts in the backyard. And he pulls podcasts out of his mouth and I guess, you know, just got chipmunk. Well, you were generous with mouth. Tape, yeah. I, I keister podcasts in order to smuggle them around. Keister, it's such an old-fashioned so, word. So tell us about opening arguments. We know about all your other podcasts. Um, what about the? What about opening? Yeah, we've already arguments? plugged all of his other podcasts. Yeah, no Maybe I'll plug the new well, one. <laughs> I should definitely talk about it because Andrew essentially is the podcast. So that's why I'm the I'm the showman. You're I don't like, really. You're like his manager. If this was WWE, yeah. you're, you're, you're the PT Barnum yeah, for yeah. his freak show. Yeah. <laughs> Now entering, <laughs> now entering the podcast octagon is one Andrew Torres, who uh, I had him on Atheistically Speaking uh, several times, and he would take us through these just fascinating legal journeys that you wouldn't, I mean, on paper, it sounds kind of boring, like, uh, you know, and look at, and just look at Andrew. He looks kind of boring. Um, but I'm totally <laughs> uh, kind of? He doesn't yeah. look kind of boring. Uh, tabula so Rossa, man, about that guy's Andrew a blank slate. Is, <laughs> so, Everything about Andrew on uh, th- on paper is boring, but then he starts talking and he takes us through the the whole history of like the Second Amendment. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, but there is a really funny uh, factoid that he got me on with the Second Amendment, which was, and I'll screw this up, but he he asked me how many Second Amendment Supreme Court cases do you think there were before what 2012 was it Andrew 2008 2008, and I already knew like oh he's trying to make a point, so I don't know like. I'm guessing it's either a million or, or you know, like <laughs> 10. So, so, so I was like, I, I don't know. I'll guess eight. And then he's like, try, you know, zero or whatever. Try one. <laughs> and and it's a it's stuff like that where well, wait, which we number have is no it? idea. Is it zero or yeah. one? Yeah, it's one. You couldn't remember <laughs> one. one, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> the number 
there's Look, one. I have a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Tom, it's the loneliest number. So. <laughs> That's true. Don't yeah, I know well, it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard Gam. I heard we've already, all the the divorce jokes have already been made. No, so I was trying to stay no, away. We'll from keep the, making them. No, no, they kind of no. write themselves. Yeah. Oh man, I'll make them through the second one too. But isn't that fascinating? One Supreme Court case on the Second yeah. Amendment prior yeah. to 2008. Would you have ever guessed that? I wouldn't have. Maybe I'm living in a bubble. What but was the that, Supreme Court case? Yeah, it, it was. It's actually a sawed-off shotgun case from 1938 that upheld the ban on sawed-off shotguns. So for right. for 200 years, the entirety of what the Supreme Court said about the Second Amendment was, you know what? It's okay to ban sawed-off shotguns. And you would never know that from, I don't know, the current status of our political discourse. Absolutely, yeah. But although, didn't Chicago make it in there? Did Chicago's uh, ban on handguns make it there Washington, after 2008? DC, one of them. I thought DC. it was D.C., yeah. and then yeah, Chicago once, turned over because of D.C., isn't that yeah. right? D.C. versus Heller, is that it? That, there you go. Yeah, remember see, these things. Yeah. Th- Thomas is getting close to an honorary law degree. Right, that's why we yeah, cut I'm it off. I'm just trying to earn credits. That's the only reason we started this. <laughs> Get <laughs> earn credits. He's auditing the class. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only class I've ever showed up to on time. He gets to put J.D. after his name, but it's a small J. <laughs> <laughs> he can legally yeah, call himself D. Esquire, though, um, so he should that do is, that. Uh, whoa, I can't? Hold on. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh my God. You can, but you <laughs> have totally to help a knight onto his horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to ejaculate a horse. Cecil, we need to, you we need to redo. You got to jerk a into a cup. It's, it's, it's kind of a thing. <laughs> I insist on being introduced now as Thomas Smith Esquire. We need to redo it. Reroll it, guys. Roll it back. Talk a little bit about uh, you guys. You guys, well, I was listening to it, and uh, and very cleverly, you guys used some uh, some Simpsons uh, bits, <laughs> little clips to introduce your stuff. I mean, very original stuff that you yeah. do there. Who would have? Uh, who would have thought to use? Oh that? yeah, you guys invented the fucking Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, sure. I love it. He's like, fuck, I mean, you, fuck guys. you guys. You guys don't need you guys. That's <laughs> uh, so funny. No, but uh, but uh, so what, <laughs> let's talk about some of the stuff that you guys have covered already. So now, um, now you said you're ten podcasts in at this point. Uh, you covered the Bush election. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we did. We did a four part episode on the 2000 election because of the. Uh, parallels to the current election. Really, I mean, what I wanted people to understand from the 2000 election was just how unpredictable the final result was uh, based on the data going into it, right? So everybody knows about Florida, and obviously we go through the hanging chads and, you know, all of those things. But uh, but there are a whole bunch of states that turned out to be crucial that nobody thought, uh, you know, because the ultimate uh, election turned on you know, three electoral votes uh, that nobody thought could have possibly been an issue, right? So West Virginia, which went for Michael Dukakis in 1988, right? Like, I mean, it's one of the most reliably democratic states, uh, you know, in the country a week before the election wound up going for Bush, right? I mean, it was a place that the Gore campaign totally ignored. They thought they had in the bag. There was no press about that whatsoever. So when I see people talking about like, oh, well, you know, I live in South Carolina, so it's okay for me to vote for Gary Johnson, or, uh, you know, I live in Connecticut, so I'm not too worried about voting for Jill Stein. Like, you don't know that, right? And that's and that was one of the, you know, sort of themes that, that came through from 2000. I say that all, I say that all the time yeah. about, uh, about Trump. I say I could vote for whoever I want in Illinois. There's no way we're going to 
flip over for Trump here. You know, we have you guys are in Illinois. Thomas is in California. I'm in Maryland. Those are three of maybe eight exceptions to the rule, right? So our, our New three York, states, New York, yeah. would be one. Yeah. Do you yeah. think yeah. it's only eight? Do you think it's really that small out of the fifty? You think there's only there's only eight or so locked down blue that they just they just are not going to flip it? You really think it's that low? If you go, if you go to uh, like five thirty eight dot com, you can yeah. play around. You can change the demographics and change the turnout model. You can change the you know margin of victory. And once you start cranking that a little bit, you start getting weird results, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, Clinton winning Kansas, or if you go the other direction, Trump winning Connecticut, and and so you know, I I just I look at oh, so many. I, I just yeah, had, I, I just had a stroke. <laughs> you said Trump. Yeah. Was Tom started to shut down like an android. Just, he was just like, <laughs> like wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the because New England is really, really liberal. You think about it as as being kind of a reliable liberal yeah. bastion, but it's also really, really white. Uh, yeah, and so you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just. All of the polls, all of everything, is, you know, are sort of predicated on turnout models that, I, I, I mean, I don't know. How confident are you that turnout models are, are going to work in this election, you know? That is a good I'm, point. I, I think this is going to be one of the lowest turnout elections that we've ever had. I think this might be the lowest turnout election we've ever had. Wow. I, I would I'd be willing to bet on that. I, and nobody's excited on either side. And that but, plays into Trump, though, doesn't it, don't you think? No. Low, low turnout? No, I don't think so. No, I, I I just think the the I I think of the racist conservative vote as like those fuckers always vote <laughs> like they never they're never yeah, they're, they're a yeah, given yeah. and then everybody else maybe doesn't vote so if it's, it's like, raining on election why. day they're going to be there for sure yeah, yeah. Right. exactly yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah. out my truck yeah. <laughs> just imagine if they're so motivated that they can be mad at Colin Kaepernick for nothing <laughs> then they can be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, then they, they certainly can work up the rage to walk to the polling place on uh, election day. You know? The Colin Kaepernick thing. I mean, to me, if if he doesn't sign, you know, he, he's obviously going to get cut. But if if Minnesota doesn't sign him, then I think we can all say there's institutionalized racism in the NFL, right? Like, I mean, that there's there, there's no doubt about that. I think. I, I mean, I, well, do you think that it's again a, a business just saying fucking I don't want this bad press instead of institutionalized racism? Uh, we we actually did an NFL episode, so I would want to talk to my lawyer NFL expert. But but my my instinct He's lawyering up right, on, the, a on that question. Bit. The yeah, lawyer's no. lawyering up. It's right. like a fucking endless yeah. regression. We do that sort of it's thing. Like a Russian nesting doll of lawyers. Yeah. Well, because you can, you can keep it perpetually, and then he can never answer a question. Yeah. Well, no, I mean because what I'm going to say is something that is true for 29 of 30. MLB teams, which is where I've actually done some work. I've, I have some Major League Baseball clients. Um, and so, in general, the correlation between winning and revenue in Major League Baseball is really, really strong. For 29 out of 30 teams, it's not true for the Tampa Bay Rays for reasons that are not important right now. And I think that's equally the case with the NFL, right? So, in other words, if uh, you know, if Kaepernick is the difference between going one and fifteen and going six and ten, right? That that's gotta outweigh. From what I'm to understand, he's he's not the difference though. He's just no. He eh. he already was not going to make the team before this. He he really yeah. is. He, so he he's, so from an employee standpoint, he's a liability. He's a sub. He's a he's a mediocre player, right? And if so, if I have somebody on in, in my on my staff and they're mediocre. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna get some bad press because of them, and they're not gonna do anything all that great for me. I'd fucking jettison them like a fucking hot potato. And the NFL fucking <clears throat> is down on their knees, ready to fucking take fucking shaft balls deep <laughs> of every single Patriot soldier oh, that's ever yeah. been around. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so they are ready to... That is their demographic, right? and they would never hurt that demographic for anything. Did you, did you hear that the station was not going to air the... Uh, uh, I, I called it the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> 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 and then I thought it was so funny. It's like, so awesome. The said, idea of them all doing oh, the Pledge God, of Allegiance. The flag comes everybody out, everybody stands and they put their, their hand over their heart. <laughs> <laughs> And come, then on, just, Colin, come on, Colin. Come on, Colin. That would be awesome. Right afterwards, they say the rosary. <laughs> just that Lee Greenwood song comes on. It's just that's it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, the station was is not going to air the national anthem before the next uh, 49ers game, I think, because they're so worried about the controversy. So clearly there's a big you know, component of, sure. of There's a demographic revenue, of that. Revenue, I think, yeah. incentive, yeah. too, right. for them. Yeah. yeah, Liberals are really winning the meme war, but I don't know if we're, you know... I'm like, not sure that's really winning. I don't know if we're winning the clone war, but... <laughs> the clone yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the, the last meme I saw was Congress. Like, during the, uh, the na- like, either the National Anthem or the Pledge or something, like, only half of them are standing and the rest of them are, like, the sitting down. The rest of them are so old nothing. they can't stand right. up in time. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. it's the, the racism comes to where they only criticize people when they happen to be, you know, a different skin tone from them. It's not, it's not like you could say for an individual person, like, oh, he's definitely a, he hates black people. It's just funny how you only start complaining about these things when it's a certain type of person, isn't it? So that's our show. That's it. That's the show. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even finish telling my story, which was uh, <laughs> I didn't get past him being boring. No. Uh, oh. So he came on atheistically speaking all the time and people just kept saying, "Ooh, come on, talk about this. Ooh, do this. Ooh, do this. And uh, I was like, well, I can't. It wouldn't really be atheistically speaking if it was just Andrew Torres literally speaking. So we, <laughs> Andrew Torres literally speaking. After, after enough uh, suggestions, Andrew came to, uh, up to me and online anyway, messaged me and said, uh, what do you think? Should we start a show? And I was like, man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that because I, I'm an asshole with three podcasts already. Because you, whenever anybody asks you to do a show, you have to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Will Ferrell and Austin Powers. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh, damn, three times. Uh, so, and, so email uh, Thomas at atheistically speaking yeah. at gmail.com. <laughs> I'll be back next week plugging 42,000 other shows. But uh, no, I, it was just such a good opportunity that there's no way. I mean, because I could listen to Andrew forever, and, uh, and I have. And that's why we have. <laughs> nine episodes of opening arguments out and i've enjoyed every minute of it and it we seriously the the tagline or the uh, what would you call it the the joke of our show is that every episode we end up with like four more topics than we started because as he starts down the road of oh you know this such and such case or oh you know talking about this concept it's always like ooh that would be a great idea for an episode and there's just so much. I think we we made a list, and Andrew made a list, and I think we're already out like a year's worth of topics. <laughs> so Jesus. It's, 
We're it's trying to get wealth. to next Wednesday. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. like by Monday, I'm like, I don't know what we're doing on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, I don't think this show's going to last another week. It might be maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. Another couple episodes. If all of a sudden everybody just behaves, we're shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, I got to ask a question, though. Like, what made you choose doing a podcast with Thomas instead of, like, say, David Smalley or something like that? Like, 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 like some big name, some big name in podcasting. Like, I mean, I'm sure you were sort of. Well, there there are two reasons. Um, <laughs> Attainability. Yeah, I'm really attainable. That's the thing. Uh, no, um, it, seriously, I think uh, I I think Thomas is uh, not just the best interviewer out there in, in podcasting, but I mean one of the best interviewers I've I've ever had a chance to to work with. Um, he's our he's our little Terry Gross. He it, is. He it, is very good. He's better than the dogs in the background. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I know. That's I, most of what I the have, skill is working through the dog. No, but seriously, I mean, Thomas is a terrific interviewer. I, you, you know that. And when I get sort of off down a rabbit hole, and I've spent six minutes, you know, explaining standing or something that I. I couldn't think anyone on earth would be interested in thomas will have this like fantastic question about like oh this kind of reminds me of x and uh, and uh, like it will i'll stop and say i i never thought about it like that before <laughs> even when we were if you listen to our first episode all <laughs> our, our idea was that we were going to introduce our segments and one of our segments was is called are you a cop uh which is dedicated to the idea of sort of you know breaking down legal myths that everybody knows that aren't true. Oh, yeah, like, that, oh I love yeah. that. Are you a cop? You right. have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, right, and so I thought I would say like 30 seconds of, of basically um, – no, that's the definition of being an undercover officer, right? Like they get to lie to you. Uh, yeah. And and Thomas just had like a, a dozen great questions about like, well, do you think it was the cops who started this to begin? Yeah, I mean, you know, all kinds of things <laughs> that just that's never, great. That's never great. occurred to me. So um, yeah, like and. and uh, I mean, that's been great. And uh, believe me, I know uh, when I have not had uh, an, an interviewer like Thomas to sort of prompt me, uh, I am as boring as the photo and as boring as you would think. <laughs> so it, it, it really, he, he really uh, uh, you know, makes the most out of, uh, out of whatever I'm bringing to it. Do you know a lot about what's happening with the Bible Reloaded guys? Um, I know, well, there, there are a couple of things there. So the first is... Um, I mean, no, I don't have any inside information that wasn't on, you know, the Scathing Atheist podcast, for example. Uh, and number two, they've been really close to the vest. Like, if you listen to that interview, they said, you know, we don't want to talk about what uh, our strategy is. And I guess I take it they haven't filed their complaint yet. Um, I, it, I don't know why that would be. Right. Like when I'm about to file a complaint, that's going to be a public document. So it's not like there's some sort of hidden double secret strategy that you can have by not saying what you're going to file in your complaint. Um, but, but so, I mean, the, the bottom line right, is that that's the first move, right? right. It's not like, yeah. it's like if you were, you could play chess with a guy and tell him like, Hey, I I'm white. My first move is going to be this. Like right. there's nothing he can do. Like oh, first, wow, right. I'm white. My first move is to oppress you. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do is build a system. You can't possibly work with it. <laughs> Um, uh, over uh, here where all my pizzas are we have grocery I'm, stores i'm pretty sure that's how that's how kasparov won every game that he played he's just like i am system and then it was, it was over. 
Yeah, oh, I, su- I suppose now is probably a good time for the, oh, uh, the, re- yeah, the recurring uh, disclaimer from our podcast, which is you should not take legal advice from a podcast. Um, you know, when I do Mental these. Mental note, I right. will be taking all of my legal advice from this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this communication does not create an attorney-client relationship. Uh, and, and, you know, we're just talking about this for fun. Um, so that being said, um, in the abstract – there are, in addition to, right, the Bible Reloaded guys talked a lot about the, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Uh, but there's also, at least from the facts that have been presented, it, it seems to me a pretty straightforward tort claim, right? And that tort is called tortious interference. And basically, um, if you have a contract with somebody else, I can't come along and screw that up, Right. And I thought that was how Harry Potter cast a Patronus. Isn't that? <laughs> I thought that's what, this is interference. <laughs> this is exactly what recording opening arguments is like. By the way, <laughs> all the time. Don't worry, I edit out most of my shitty jokes. I hope you guys will too. Yeah. No, oh, if we edit out oh, okay. all of our shitty jokes, it'd just be fucking blank dead airspace. That's not a thing. I was gonna make a chocolate tort joke. So it's yeah. All right. <laughs> See, I mean, yeah, I think mine was like point one better than the chocolate tort joke. I'll oh, say. I'm, I'm letting that, you that's go. That's why. But I'm still referring to mine. <laughs> <laughs> so in any in any event, I mean, if if I were a, a plaintiff's lawyer on behalf of somebody who was injured, essentially. You know, the, the, the baseline that you as a lawyer always use is you want to plead the maximum number of plausible claims that you can against the maximum number of parties that you can, right? You sort of sue everybody first and let God figure it out later, right? <laughs> the and, shotgun approach. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. and the reason is because so long as it's cognizable, right? So long as it's, it's within the bounds of legal ethics, right? You, you shape your claims, and as the lawsuit progresses, you may find out different facts. You may say, oh, look, like, we thought this might be the case, but, you know, turns out facts don't support it. it, it no harm, no foul to drop claims out, but there are restrictions on how and when you can amend to add claims in, right? Uh, so, can, can I interrupt yeah. real quick? Yeah. I, I, I have some experience getting sued at work <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I, I work for a huge company. So, right. like, I work for a Fortune 300 company, and we're just, we're just a huge player in our industry and so the shotgun approach hits us all the time it hits we get hit we get fuck we have deep pockets or big company and we just like the companies like ours just pay out just to get off the lawsuit like even when the facts don't support it because even when you win the case you still lose because you have to spend all that time and money defending and like there's there's something about that approach that strikes me as I mean, I understand why you would do it, but but it, it it also strikes me as kind of you know horrifyingly unethical sometimes too. Well, you know? let me put a positive spin on it from <clears throat> our uh, recent episode because uh, Andrew pointed out that it also worked this way for Roe v. Wade. So in order to try to get that overturned, uh, Roe and that legal team involved a lot of different people in the suit that didn't end up mattering. So they involved the doctor. They involved now that they, they weren't suing the doctor, but they were involving. The doctor in the claim, they were involving uh, a married couple in the original claim. And the reason is because you, you never know what some judge is going to find, you know, the most compelling argument. 
and and so to put a more so there is a positive aspect to it too. But uh, but of course, I, I'm sure Andrew would be the first to tell you that it's not as though all uh, lawsuits are ethical. And no, no I know. <laughs> and I just, I'm, just, I'm just kind of pointing it out. Like, yeah, I, it happens all the time. Where it's like, well, fucking, we just, what do we just pay out for that thing? And like, we didn't even do anything. But it happens constantly. Yeah, it's it, just kind of interesting. Yeah, there 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 are a couple things there. I mean, the, the first is when your lawsuit is seeking essentially nuisance value, right? And for a Fortune 300 company like yours, I mean, that would be if the if the demand or what it would reasonably take to settle the case is $20,000 or less, right, um, we just pay it out. Yeah, that then yep. then and that's again, that's just an economic calculation because, you know, as soon as you've started talking, uh, you know, to outside litigation counsel this being what i did for the first 20 years of my life right I, you know you the the meter is running and you've spent you know five figures before you could even think about it um, from zero to 20 yeah. in his life he was doing that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but this is also a new revenue stream for our podcast by the way we're gonna be how much hey uh andrew what do you think we should sue cogdis for that would be you know the <laughs> Where they would they would just buy us off and not bother. Well, you know? judging, we'll find an amount. Yeah, I mean, judging by how quickly they're growing, we know they're hiring an assistant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so. you sue us for an assistant? <laughs> <laughs> you better fill out that paperwork, guys. You better be really clear with your I paperwork. I feel like no. this is backwards. The assistant will certainly sue us at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if some dude we're grabbing his tits all the time. It'd <laughs> be awesome. So I, let's talk. I may or may not advise your incoming assistant <laughs> on workplace harassment, uh, wage and hour laws. Shh, what are you? Whose side are you on? <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about. Uh, we had you on last time when you didn't read David Ike uh, yeah. Thomas, and I uh, skimmed it. I know, I know. Parts of it you poorly. sure did. Yeah. And uh, and so we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the David Ike stuff that we've been reading recently, specifically the sovereign citizen stuff. So. Um, so what about uh, – let's talk a little bit about the non-paying of taxes because David Icke talks right. – in his, in his book, he says something to the effect of paying taxes is a fraud. You don't have to do it. It's not even – it's not even – you don't even have to do it. And I know that there's an amendment that sort of talks about taxation, but I'm not completely familiar with it. Yeah, I, I want to say that I was listening to that show. I heard that you, I heard you guys say that, and I thought, "Ooh, this is a perfect topic for <laughs> opening arguments." But hey, as you heard, we, we got too many topics. So I thought, "Fuck it, let's talk about it on this show." And uh, by that, I mean, "Hey, Andrew, is there a law that says uh, you don't have to pay your taxes?" Because I, I had a buddy who was like getting into that kind of conspiracy theory crap. Who's like, you know, it's just because they got all the guns, man. That's all the reason you gotta. Well, that is actually no a law. very compelling yeah. reason. It is. It is. Like when the other guy has all the guns, you're like, oh, all right, well, I'll be doing what he says. Yeah, <laughs> it, is a, it is a shockingly good reason for compliance. But I, I mean, I, I think that the all of the sovereign citizen sort of weird uh, tax protester movement. They start with a fundamental misunderstanding of what our legal system is, right? And so they operate on this idea that, like, if you say the magic words in the right order, then, you know, like, the, the hillside opens up like open sesame, right? Like, and so they, they really have this idea that, like, the government is out to screw you, but if you go into court and you say, ah, admiralty court, gold fringe on the flag, like, then all of a sudden everyone bows down and you don't have to pay your taxes anymore. And it's just bizarre. So 
let, let's stop. Is there a law that says you have to pay your taxes? Sure, there, 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 there's a law. Uh, the IRS code, it's 26 U.S.C. 1, and it starts with, <laughs> there is hereby imposed on the taxable income of, and then it goes through individuals, married individuals, head of household, unmarried person, you know, everything that you might check on your, on your tax form. Right? I mean, like, it could not be more clear. But what the sovereign <laughs> citizen folks have done is there, there's, a, there's a Supreme Court decision. Okay, it's called Flora versus United States. It's a 1960 case. And in the case, here's what the Supreme Court said. And again, by plants? any of the three of you, yeah, no, they're just a person whose last name was Flora. <laughs> yeah, those right. plants didn't want to pay taxes. Flora versus fauna. <laughs> yeah. Plants versus zombies. There you go. The IRS was trying to get taxes out of the fucking plants. That's what happened. <laughs> like, we've had enough. You can't get blood from a stone. Jesus. <laughs> but if you can get tax from a plant, like what choice do you what choice? What chance do you have, you know, Mr. Actually, Colorado uh, got a lot of taxes. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. So, so here's what the Supreme Court said. You'll, you'll see why it's misused, but uh, I don't think it'll be hard for any of you to figure out, like, you know, why this is being misused. So here's what the Supreme Court said. Our tax system is based upon voluntary assessment and payment and not upon distraint. Okay, and that's the sentence that's quoted. In fact, if you Google... Flora versus United States. You'll I kind of need to Google distraint. I've well, never heard uh, that. Yes, <laughs> of course you do, right? Because you're reading that and you're like, uh-huh, 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 big word. And so to the tax protester people, they're like, well, look, it says voluntary assessment. So voluntary, I know what voluntary means, right? That means not mandatory. So you don't have to pay your taxes. Um, and, and what they're not looking at is the contrast word, which is the word distraint, which is a real old-timey legal word that means coming in and taking your stuff, right? So it used to be that landlords, right, for example, if you didn't pay your rent, had the right of distraint. They could come in and, you know, you've been three months late on your rent, you skip town, they can seize all, all your stuff and sell it and... Uh, and use that against the proceeds of what you owe. Now, most states have long since abolished that right, except in some commercial oh s- situations. Andrew, topic idea, uh, how to <laughs> fucking kick out a tenant in California. It's actually impossible. Yeah, yeah. It can't be done. They, they just own your house. I'm actually... <laughs> just own your, I'm telling you. If someone rents from you and they just stop paying, they have like... Six years to get out of your It's a joke. It's a joke. I can actually sleep with your wife the entire time. <laughs> I, have, I have actually, I mean, no kidding. I am advising a client in California who's doing that with an Airbnb set up right now. So we can talk offline. Airbnb. Uh, Airbnb. It shows up and he's fucking not leaving. He's squatting. He's um, I, wish, I wish it was this funny. It's actually pathetic. Like, I, I know if I had a friend who, like, had a tenant who just refused to pay rent, and you get fucked over. So, anyway, future show. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Airbnb, I'm sorry. That's so funny. It is you show funny. up for vacation, you have your mail for it. That's like one step away from having, like, just a dude show up at your house and say hi and, like, step inside and, like, hey, I'm staying here now. <laughs> it's like I'm just virtually. Live the holiday in and they can't kick me out. <laughs> and there, there are cities where it, it is almost at that level, right? Like, in Boston, for example, yeah, it, 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 there is a, at least this was the case 20 years ago. I don't know if they've amended the law since then, but there was a essentially a statute passed that said you couldn't make someone homeless. Um, and, and you might imagine kicking people out of a place where they're not paying rent often makes them homeless. Um, so, uh, Be so some th- prosecution <laughs> against Tom's ex, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so good thing he got divorced in Chicago. Um, but uh, but yeah, right. So anyway, I mean, back to the Flora decision, right? Like, so tax protesters read that and say, well, it says our tax system is voluntary, and they just don't bother looking up that last word, right? And and so, I mean, what the court is saying is, yes, it's voluntary in the sense that the government depends upon you to voluntarily right. record right. what you earned on your tax form. But that doesn't mean that if you write in a zero, they can't send you to jail for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like volu- it's voluntary it's voluntary reporting and it's yeah. voluntary as opposed to coming in and stealing your stuff right, right. but it's yeah, not-, they're not sending shock troops in to take your stereo right but it's not when voluntary I was in- as in oh well if i just say i don't want to pay taxes anymore i don't have uh, to so so i can't say negative 500 million and then collect <laughs> a bunch of a damn it. There, my tax yeah. refund's gonna be huge yes. <laughs> there, there is google this one there is something called a zero tax return that these uh kooks are peddling that says what you do is you know since it since it's voluntary it asks you what's your taxable income and if you don't want to be taxed on your income just put a zero down um and and people do this and the irs not only uh requires them to put down what they actually owe but you know hits them with a huge fine sure a fine or something yeah when you try to ride the the l in chicago it's essentially fucking like trying to get into a jail right so like you have to put a thing in there and you have to talk to a guard and then you have to give them some cigarettes and then you might be able to get through a thing that can get you through another thing that you eventually can yeah, get on the train for smuggle right smuggle podcasts yeah, in your exactly, ass exactly. yeah <laughs> But it went, when I was overseas, I think I was in Vienna, and, and I walked up, and I had my ticket. They said, buy your ticket. So I go buy my ticket, and I walk up, and there's just this big, wide-open area where you don't have to do anything <laughs> with the ticket. And I was like, why do I have to buy a ticket if I don't have to show anybody? But it is essentially is they can question anybody on that train and be like, do you have your ticket? And if you don't, it's like 50 euros or something. Right. They'd fine you. But – you know, there's no, there's nothing stopping you from breaking the law. Like in Chicago, they're like fucking, you can't break the law. There's no way to get past. It. We got fucking dogs and lights and fucking tasers and whatever to get you, so you can't get past here. But over in Vienna, they're like, yeah, you can get on. We're just gonna fucking, we're gonna bust you if you do. And it's essentially the same thing. It's like, go ahead, you have your opportunity to lie to us, but if you do, understand there's consequences. Right. 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 But let me ask you this, Andrew: Was that specific sentence? Was it related to like what grounds they tried to sue the government on? So like, was it is that why it was phrased in that specific way? Yeah, of course it was, right? <laughs> like, and so I, look, I asked the obvious question. That's what I'm Here's a softball for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, that, that's why it's, it occurs to me that like they must have tried to sue on the grounds of like, oh, the you know some weird uh, amendment that's or like the the amendment that says you can't quarter troops in your house or something, right. something like that, where it's like, wow, these tax is practically that. Yeah, and and so uh, courts have actually tackled people who have uh, tried to make this argument. There was a, a guy uh, in the 1980s, his name was Erwin Schiff, uh, and shockingly, he spent time in jail for counseling and selling people a book that said, you don't have to pay your taxes because of these crazy <laughs> theories. And so there's a case there. In fact, there are like a dozen cases that bear his name on it because even after he kept losing in court, he kept coming out saying, well, I actually won, except for the part where they're going to make me pay this money and serve time in prison. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like that's not how you win anything. 
and so yeah, it's it's you should have seen the other guy defense is what it is. Like, well, I, sure, I, I'm in jail, but the government is too. They had to they have a longer jail sentence, so I want to see. So now, so now, an actual appellate court was forced to say. To the extent that income taxes are said to be, quote, voluntary, they're only voluntary in that one files the returns and pays the taxes without the IRS first telling each individual the amount due and then forcing payment of that amount. The payment of income taxes is not optional, however, and the average citizen knows <laughs> that the payment of income taxes is legally required. Um, and that, by the way, is what passes for humor among judges. Um, we're not <laughs> we're, my favorite part. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show. I'm telling you, Andrew will start talking and I can tell that he's reading in a way that he thinks is hilarious. Like he's just, <laughs> this, is the, this is golden stuff, you guys. And then he'll, he'll realize that I'm just sitting there thinking this is just normal information. Like someone is just telling me, and then he'll be like, this is the fucking Louis CK of law right here. It's the someone has thing just fucking dropped the mic. Yes. Yeah. 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 Every lawyer reading that was like, oh, this is I'm gonna die. Yeah, I can't being I passed around so the funny. office like everyone's yeah. like, guys, guys, did you just see this? Just straight. <laughs> no, 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 not everyone else. No. So I want to ask a question though about uh so the sovereign citizens are one part, but there's also this sort of um sort of fucking with police officers thing that gets posted on the internet all the time where people will like uh, an officer come up to your car. And they'll like you roll down your window like a fucking inch or something <laughs> like that. And then the guy's like, I'd like to see your driver's license say a registration be like, I don't answer questions. They, like, start, Am I being detained? <laughs> and they shout a bunch of shit. And then they, the, the police officer normally just gets really nervous and weirded out because they're recording the whole thing. What is going on there? Like, what uh, is our what are do you know our rights in that situation? Like, is that a, a first off? It doesn't sound like a smart thing to do. Number yeah, right. one, but and, but number two is. Is that is uh, like are these people who are just like itching to get dragged out of the car by their hair? Uh, yeah, yes. Okay. So this is this is another good, this is another good area to remind people: don't take legal advice from a podcast. Um, but but. Uh, the reason they're asking, am I being detained, is that um, when you are being questioned by an officer of the state, right? There are differing levels. Uh, of escalation, right? So just being questioned requires a different standard for that police officer to prove if it later goes to court. Why did you question this person? You know, and then they've got to give an answer, right? To detain somebody requires a higher standard of evidence. Um, and I should, I should say, uh, even more so than the, uh, you know, typical don't take legal advice from podcasts. I'm not a criminal lawyer here. So my, my knowledge, I'm not, I'm not going to go into what the specific standards are because I'd be likely to get that wrong. Um, but, uh, but, but so I, I believe the standard for asking somebody a question or pulling somebody over is articulable suspicion, right? Which is what it sounds like. That is, can the police officer say, well, this is why I wanted to do X. But in order to drag somebody out of their car and search the car, you have to escalate that from an articulable sus right. suspicion standard to a higher standard of proof. The one case I know of that's really, really funny, so I'm going to tell you about it, even though it's only tangentially related here, uh, involved a police officer that pulled 
pulled over Snoop Dogg's tour bus uh, and then <laughs> proceeded to search the tour bus and found all sorts of uh, controlled dangerous substances on the tour bus and was asked in court, well, what was, you know, what was your, uh, you know, level of articulable suspicion to pull this over and how did this escalate? And he was like, <laughs> well, and he was like, it, it was fucking it was Snoop Dogg no, tour he bus. He said that. That's exactly right. He said, well, there's it was literally Snoop no Dogg way it bus. didn't have drugs on it. <laughs> he said, <laughs> and he, the fucking tires are made of drugs. And he, and he went, right. He went on the stand and the cop said, well, I, given that it was Snoop Dogg and that he sings about smoking pot on the bus, I was pretty certain that there was going to be pot on the bus. Um, and, and my understanding, again, subject to not a criminal lawyer, my understanding is that that flew, right? That, that was okay, you know, that the district court said, yep, we agree, it's a valid search. Um, so, so what's going on? I mean, the bottom line is what's going on in those situations is kind of twofold. N- number one, you, you do have the right to know at what level of escalation your interaction is. In my mind, the, the the wiser course, because it's not going to freak out a police officer, and I, it, I don't know, I mean, if you're really, really guilty, maybe, you know, freaking out the police officer and rolling the dice is something that appeals to you, but uh, for the average person, I would think I would not want to do that. Um, and so, uh, you know, you, you, you do have, what, what, I would, what I would say is, you, you always have the right to invoke your Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination when you are being questioned uh, by an, an agent of the state. Um, and that and that goes to something like, uh, again, don't take legal advice from a podcast, but it goes to something like, hey, do you know how fast you were driving? Or, hey, did you have anything to drink tonight? Uh, you can always answer, I decline to answer and assert my Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination. Um, and that will not freak out the cops uh, because they know what that is. It's so funny how we talk about police officers. It's like they're fucking angry bears. <laughs> like the way we talk about but it's like, so you just want to be real, real careful, and you want to be real <laughs> slow, and you don't want well, to make any special moves, right. and you want to talk in a soothing tone the whole time. Like, it's so I, funny, I was like laughing. fucking like Terminators or something. <laughs> That's why whenever I'm driving down the street, I bang pots and pans together. <laughs> yeah, to, you don't want to startle them, you know? You want to light a flare and then throw yeah. it in the other direction, <laughs> and then it goes out. Well, I, I was laughing at the <laughs> articulable suspicion, because I was like, ooh, what if I get a really inarticulate uh, officer, <laughs> <laughs> the judge is just like I can't understand a fucking word you're saying. You get, Sorry. You get uh, like Donald dismissed. Trump. Yeah, <laughs> the poor guy's got laryngitis. <laughs> yes, I'm free to go. <laughs> so we're gonna be tra- we're gonna be traveling to Europe soon, and uh, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be underneath a different type of libel law. Now in the United States, I'm allowed to call someone a fraud, right? That's totally legal, right? I would say it this way. Particularly if you're talking about anybody who is a public figure, you can pretty much say just about anything. Um, the 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 burden. I mean, I know you you probably heard well, of wait, the, the can, New York can Times. I, can about. I interrupt? Yeah, sure. How do I know who's a public figure? Like, well, I, I know that may be a stupid just, question, no. but I don't mean for it to be. No, no, like, no. What what makes somebody a public figure? Um, there, there's actually a, a well developed body of case law to to explain what that is. I mean, this is something uh, I love. A well developed body. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, this 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 is kind of a recurring theme throughout opening arguments, right? The the law means in general, right? There are certain principles, and then you look at how it's been applied in prior cases to figure out how it's going to be applied in the next case, right? So it builds on top of itself. And so 
when a statute says uh, when a, disclaimer, when, unless you're Scalia yeah. and then you do whatever the fuck you want. By the way. That's what, a true die? story. True. That's a, yeah. No, no, you you decide. Oh no, I know what the founders actually meant. I'm Scalia. I am God. So I'm just going to decide what they. Well, meant. it's okay because the that, f- the founders recalled him. So it's okay. <laughs> come back to us, Scalia. Well, they, they took their sweet time, didn't they? Jesus, it took them eighty I fucking years. Yeah, yeah. The founders should have gotten their shit together. Get that recall effort going. I'm so proud of Thomas, though. I mean, that, like that—that that was just perfect. Um, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, so, so in other words, right? It, it's often the case that a law will will use a phrase that's kind of vague, right? Like. Uh, you know what is a public figure, and uh, or, you know, or a, in, the, in this case, a, a court decision, or a well-regulated militia. Right, I mean, yeah. you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, we did. There you go. Thomas and I did four hours on that. So, um, yeah, wow. But uh, it took you guys four hours to get a well-regulated militia going. <laughs> Jeez, you come man. to Michigan and get it done in 30 minutes <laughs> right. in the fucking Safeway parking lot. You order that shit from Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. In any event, uh, what you would do to figure out what constitutes a public figure is look to the cases. And the cases basically say uh, anybody that you think of as being a public figure, right? Someone who is in the public eye and deliberately put themselves there. <laughs> that's a little that's, circular, yeah, right? <laughs> it is. That they, they count. And, and then – and this is, this is the important part. And then there is a, a doctrine of limited purpose public figures who are – uh, maybe not, you know, nationally famous, but in the area in which you're, um, communicating, they would count as a public figure for purpose of the libel laws. So, for example, wow. right, if I'm on an atheist podcast and I want to say something negative about another prominent atheist podcaster, I don't know why I would want to do that. Um, if, if that person... Just like pick... Just like, yeah. just like give us an example. Yeah, just like, like, if, yeah. there was like if there was like a, some person you were going to... Some small do, example. Some very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give us like, a tiny one. Fucking yeah. just, Seth Andrews. Right. <laughs> no, no, some and, diminutive example. No, it, 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 Let's take Seth Andrews because as far as I know, he's incredibly nice and uh, there's no reason anyone would want to say anything negative about him. Um, it absolutely – I mean Seth Andrews might not qualify as a public figure uh, in the larger sense of the word, right? He's not a celebrity uh, in the larger world. But but in the world of atheist podcasting, he's absolutely a public figure. Uh, and so I would feel very confident saying all sorts of borderline libelous things about, about <laughs> poor Seth Andrews because uh, he's going to have an inordinate burden to try and, and come back and, and sue me. I, I wouldn't because he's great and I love his show. Uh, but, but it would, but if I did, if I, if I chose to do that, uh, I, I feel pretty confident that he would have very little recourse because, uh, because of the limited public figure doctrine. And, and because as long as I'm saying that in the arena in which he is a public figure, uh, the, the courts have been, have been pretty solidly on the side of, of free speech. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's the fundamental thread that I think goes through most free speech cases is, uh, in this country, uh, at, at least, you have um, a, a huge reluctance of any court, conservative, liberal, doesn't matter, to uh, to want to rule against uh, free speech. So what about when we're talking about people overseas? So I'm yeah. sitting here in Chicago, right? And I'm sitting in Chicago, I'm yammering into a microphone, and I upload that shit, and it's available for the entire world. And then I'm, I'm yammering about, you know, and saying just, awful mean-spirited shit 
about yeah we've you know, heard your show we've heard <laughs> your show. I, yeah you know about about a public figure in let's say Iran right so could somebody or or Britain let's say Britain you know could somebody in Britain and here I am sitting in the states could somebody in Britain file suit from overseas how does that work can somebody file or do I have to go there first and then they can, you know, I mean, like if I went to Iran, they would just arrest me and throw me in some fucking, you know, beach up prison. Why the fuck but. would you go to yeah. Iran? There's no, I don't even know why I used that. That's Jesus why I scaled it back Christ. to Britain because I would never go to Iran. There's no set of fucking life circumstances yeah, that would ever get me to Iran. Yeah, this one, no. I, I, will, I will. I don't even want to go to Britain. I don't even want, I have no interest in Britain, but I'm going to go anyway. I, I will, I I will break my disclaimer and offer you free legal advice of don't go to Iran. Um, <laughs> Um, So I can tell you how that works within the United States, which I think um, and and then sort of extrapolate out uh, and and tell you sort of the barriers Um, within the United States. uh, There are a, a lot of court decisions that say when you offer a product for sale over the Internet, uh, that you are availing yourself purposefully of the laws of every state in which a particular customer may uh, consume your product, right? And so, mm. you know, we I, I talked about this with Thomas. If, if you libeled somebody in Idaho uh, and they wanted to sue you in Idaho and they could prove that they live in Idaho, they downloaded the podcast in Idaho, um, there is a good chance that... Good luck proving yeah. that. There's no internet there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but but there is a good chance that a court that a court would say, uh, sorry guys, you know, you gotta show up in Idaho and defend yourself against this claim because <laughs> yeah, how would you really get there? <laughs> the judge Where says that to too, he's like, Fuck. Yeah, I'm so sorry guys. I am really, really sorry, but you're gonna have to go to Idaho. <laughs> You have to like ask somebody to refresh your memory on where it is. Oh, you gotta fly right. to a neighboring state and drive over. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy delivers the paper. He's like, "Hey, uh, have you heard of something called Idaho? Because you, you guys are being sued there. I don't know what that means. Now, like some J.R. Tolkien place." Or- <laughs> now, now overseas, uh, I think there are. Um, conditions on you know where where they where there's a there's a mutual agreement among governments not to serve citizens who are in their home country even if they are conducting business over the internet um which is uh you know obeying those rules is is part of why you know when you've heard about like high profile you know deep web cases right like these uh, child porn yeah, cases yeah. and and all of that. Why you know you can't track down you know X person in Finland and bring them back into the United States um, mm. be, because there's there's typically a respect for right because because what we do not want is we do not want somebody in Finland to download uh, cognitive dissonance and then get offended and sue you and have the Finnish court issue a judgment against an American citizen broadcasting right. in Chicago. So, so that's not a thing. That can't happen. Y- right? y- as far as I or, know. <laughs> uh, cool. Don't get your legal advice from a podcast. <laughs> I'm just curious. Fuck, I'm curious. Well, but you guys are going to go be there. Or, well, not in Finland, but you know, you're yeah, going to be overseas. So. Not gonna, it's not like we're going to get tackled by psychic Sally because we right. called her a fraud. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, what about if I say shit over there and then immediately get on a plane and come home? And then, uh, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Can, can I come back to glue and, <laughs> and be like, no, 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 boo, boo. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I know. I'll give you guys free legal advice. Just you guys personally. 
Uh, as long as you get away, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah, right. doesn't, there's virtually there's that's no how way it works. That, yeah, that's how yeah, it works. You, Run. you don't yeah. want to make the mistake of saying something bad about someone in Finland and then immediately going to Finland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. We'll tone down our UK like attacks between now and then. Yeah. Except yeah, for the we won't do that. Except for the Queen. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> So, so gentlemen, uh, if people were going to find your podcast, where would they look? Go to openargs.com. That'll have a lot of links for you. Of course, you can find it in iTunes. We'd really appreciate those iTunes users. Give us some reviews. The reason we released so many episodes at once was we're trying to make a splash, maybe get more noticed in iTunes. Uh, because, I, you know, for better or worse, that's the place podcasts really get noticed. So we'd really appreciate that. Hopefully people listen to your show and give it some give it some reviews. Guys, if you guys are uh, have listened to any of Thomas's stuff, this is this is on par with that stuff. It's really great. I, got, I had a chance to excellent listen to some show. of this stuff and it's really excellent. It's it very is. good. And you've been killing it with atheistically speaking lately, too, Thomas. Thanks for thank joining you. us, guys. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on. So that's going to wrap it up for this time. We are uh, still uh, collecting surveys from the audience. So if you have an opportunity and some time, it's a single page survey. You can go to dissonancepod.com, episode 314, and there will be a survey link there that you can take. Uh, It seriously will take less than five minutes of your time, and it's very uh, useful information for us. So we really do appreciate that. Uh, We want to thank Thomas Smith and Andrew Torres of the Opening Arguments podcast. Go to openargs.com to check out their show or go to iTunes. Uh, If you listen and enjoy it, give them a review. They uh, they, are really doing a lot of work with this. uh, So check it out. Uh, That's going to be it for this time. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative acupunctuating pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing, water downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. What is going on? What is that noise? I cannot get it back in the hell. Jesus Christ. Sorry, guys. What Sorry. the hell was that?
Oh, it wasn't Andrew. Thank God. No, so no, I was no. really worried it was Andrew. Wait, no, I, wait. I went to pull. I went to pull a cord and move a cord, and cord? I unplugged. Oh. <laughs> I unplugged the USB mixer from the thing. Oh, God, so in no. the middle of what you were saying, it's like brr, and like yeah. nothing's happening. And then comically, I could not put the USB in correctly again because you know USB is like. First time, oh, yeah. third time, every time. The, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? USB has yeah. three different yeah. sides, like orientations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like those molecules yeah. that are spin left, right, and then there's like yeah. somehow another spin that it's it is. The, it's, it's just, you put yeah. it in the first way, which is the right way, but it doesn't go in correctly. <laughs> it doesn't then go you in. Turn yeah, it over, impossible. and it's clearly the wrong way. Then you turn it back over, and it goes. It's right a in. minimum yeah. of three it's, flips. Yeah, it's it, the minimum. third time. It's never time. been done yeah. in fewer than three flips. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 